All my life, been grinding all my life Sacrifice, hustle pay the price Want a slice, got to roll the dice That's why, all my life, I been grinding all my life It's time to grind! Hello everyone and welcome to the Grounded Podcast. I'm your host Randall Tucker. That was Nipsey Hussle bringing us in with his song Grinding All My Life. Let's hit that rail we call life and let's grind it. Well I hope you've had the opportunity to check out the the interviews that I did with our worship leader at Partnership Christian Church, Dinah Hawk, and my brother Greg Tucker who is the pastor at Faith Fellowship Cumberland Presbyterian Church in Lenore City. Um, and if you hadn't had a chance to listen to those, go back to the last two podcasts and take a listen to those and listen to their story and how they faced life's challenges and how they overcame those life challenges and share those stories with friends, share these podcasts with friends because our goal here at Grind It is to encourage one another, to spur one another on to love and good works to, uh, people who are just downcast, trodden and, and discouraged uh just ready to give up we want to encourage you and we want to encourage them so if you will share these broadcasts uh share these podcasts with with your friends and your family and uh, god bless you for doing so and today we're going to start breaking down john chapter three and at the beginning of john chapter three we're introduced to a guy named nicodemus we're told two facts about this guy right off the bat number one he is a jewish religious leader And number two, he was a Pharisee. This description of Nicodemus tells me that he was a very educated man. He would he would know the Old Testament scriptures like the back of his hand, including the the prophets' writings that included prophecies about the coming Messiah. So that they they should have been looking for Jesus. They should have been looking for the Messiah, the Christ. Uh, He would have vast knowledge of the Torah, uh, and he he would he might or he should even know Saul who is uh, also called Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, because Saul was also a Pharisee, and he persecuted Christians. And as one reads the four Gospels, we see that the Pharisees, who were supposed to be pointing the people to God, they hated Jesus, who was God in the flesh, and they wanted him dead. That just that blows my mind. Here was God standing before these people, right in their faces. They couldn't stand him. And many times they, they tried to kill him. In Matthew 23, Jesus just rips into the Pharisees and he, he's telling them how they don't practice what they preach and how they crush people with unbearable religious demands. And Jesus says everything they do is for show and they're like whitewashed tombs. They're beautiful on the outside but full of death on the inside. He says that they have an outward appearance of being righteous but their hearts are filled with hypocrisy. And lawlessness or impure motives. In other words, when you see these Pharisees, these dudes, they're man, they're they're just decked out in their Sunday finest, and they're and, and they just they look the part, they sound the part, but their their heart is far from God. And so the the, the first thing that I want to point out before we dig deeper into John chapter three is this: you know, we 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 can know the Bible from cover to cover. We can quote thousands of scriptures. And I've heard people quote chapters. We can go to church every 
service, every time they have one scheduled, every time they have uh, the doors open, every group meeting they have outside the building, we can meet in each other's homes every night of the week. We can go on mission trips. All Everyone that is available, we can go overseas, we can go out of state, we can go in state, we can go downtown, we can go on mission trips and do all these wonderful things. But if we aren't living for Jesus, and if we're not pointing people to Jesus, we're no better than the Pharisees. Let that sink in for a minute. The Pharisees had the appearance, and they had people fooled, but not God. Oh, how the people would love to hear their prayers. And I, I'm sure the Pharisees would be, be just, like I said, decked out in their Sunday's finest. But Jesus said the heart's not in it. Oh, but, but look, at my, look at my gold chain with my cross hanging down from it. Look, look at my tattoos, my Jesus tattoos. No. If you're not pointing people to Jesus, if you're not living for Jesus, and your heart's not in it, then... You're really no better than the Pharisees. Where is Jesus in your life? Is he first? Does everything you do, the decisions that you make, do they revolve around Jesus? Oof. I'll be the first one to admit, right here on this podcast, that I've got a lot of work to do. I want to be like Jesus. I try to be like Jesus. But far too often, I fall short. Of being like Jesus. And I'm so thankful. For God's grace. And what the King James Version says. Long suffering. He's, his patience. But this dude Nicodemus. He, he was different. He knew there was something special. About this man named Jesus. And he wanted to get to know him. So he came to Jesus by night. Now. Why would Nicodemus come to Jesus by night? Well, well think about it. If he was caught interacting with Jesus, he would lose his status as a Pharisee. And that, that's huge. He'd be an outcast. They, they, they would throw him out of that group. And that's a, that, that's a lot of power and prestige. Money even. And he would lose all of that. He, he would be this outcast. And they didn't have electricity with street lights every so many feet like we do and porch lights on every house. They, but they did have oil lamps. And I'd say, but when it came at, you know, when it became nighttime, it was really dark, and it would be easier for Nicodemus to be an obscure figure, so he would travel to see Jesus at night. He was easily hidden. In our world, in our society today, it seems we have too many obscure Christians. Think about it. Nicodemus, he, he, he wanted to be obscure about his desire to get to know Jesus more. And, a lot of Christians today are no different than, than Nicodemus. We, we, we hide our faith, if you will. We, we, we kind of, if you will, leave it in the dark. We are called to be a, a light on a hill, and yet we still come to Jesus by night, if you will, even when it's broad daylight. We hide our faith, and, and, and what I mean by that is we don't share Jesus. We have the answer to any problem. Any problem that someone is facing. And we have the greatest hope. The greatest peace. We, we know the Prince of Peace. And yet we keep Jesus to ourselves. Why? The same reason Nicodemus did. And you can break it down any way you want to. But it all boils down to this one word, I believe. Fear. 
Fear is the reason why we do not share our faith with others. Fear is the reason why we become obscure Christians. Fear is the reason why we don't share Jesus with our family and with our friends. We're afraid of what people may think. Uh, We're afraid of what people may say. We don't want to be ostracized, if you will. We want to be accepted. We don't want to be rejected. Nobody likes rejection. We want to be loved by others. We want to be accepted by others. We want to be in their little group. We don't want to be cast out. And because of fear, so many people that we know and people that we love, they miss an opportunity to hear about Jesus because we didn't speak up. Think about it. Jesus gave his disciples the great commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. We have the same commission. That is our purpose. That that God didn't save us to be satisfied, if you will. He didn't save us just so that we can sit on our salvation and, and, and hoard Jesus. He saved us so we can go out to the people that we know, our world, our Jerusalem, our Samaria, the people that are around us in our daily lives, and tell them, about Jesus and the grace that he offers and the hope that he gives and and this amazing peace that he offers. And so many people in our world today need that. They need hope. They need Jesus. And if we don't tell them, who will? Who will? We're going to wait for somebody else to do it? How does that work out in your life? When you wait for somebody else to do something, What's the old saying? You might as well, if you want to get something done right, you might as well do it yourself because it's not going to get done. It's the same thing with our faith. We have, we have the answer. We have Jesus Christ dwelling inside of us by the power of the Holy Spirit. And instead of sharing Jesus, we get selfish with Jesus and we hoard Jesus and we don't share Jesus because. We're afraid. It's that simple. We're afraid of what people are going to say, what they're going to think, and they may never talk to me again. They may kick me out of the group, whatever. John chapter 19 tells us that Nicodemus came with Joseph of Arimathea, who also was a secret disciple, to help bury the body of Jesus when he died on the cross. And it was Nicodemus who brought 75 pounds of perfumed ointment made from myrrh and aloes to bury the body of Jesus because I mean, I mean, let's just be honest here. He, he was dead, and when when people die, they begin to stink very rapidly, and that's what that, that Joe, uh, Nicodemus had brought seventy five pounds of this uh, spice to put on Jesus' body to wrap it up for burial. So we know at some point Nicodemus got over; uh, he overcame his fear. And I want to encourage you to overcome your fear of sharing your faith. Start with just your wife or your husband or your child. Go out and talk to a tree in the yard until you get comfortable. I I I remember uh, a a pastor that I sat under many years ago, and he when he first got into ministry, he said he would go out into 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 the yard and, and preach to trees and pretend like they were people, and and it helped him to get more comfortable doing so 
And here's the thing about it. I, I, I have a degree in Bible. I, I graduated with gold cords. Uh, I've preached for a long time. And I've talked to many people. But even to this very day, I still get butterflies in my stomach. I still get nervous. But the more we talk about Jesus to people, the easier it will become. And and get this, the better we know Jesus for ourselves, the easier it will be to talk about him. I mean, think about this. You have a favorite hobby. You have a favorite book that you read. You have something special in your life that you know really well. And it's so easy for you to talk about that subject to your friends and your family. Why can't we do the same thing with Jesus? It's either we don't know him very well or we're afraid. And we have to overcome that fear and share Jesus. At some point, Nicodemus did because he's there in a broad daylight helping get the Jesus, uh, Jesus' body down from the cross and putting it in that empty tomb, helping Joseph of Arimathea. Let's take a break. There's not a whole lot on my body that's not... Getting back to John chapter 3, it says, One evening after the sun went down, Nicodemus, he approaches Jesus and he, and he says, Rabbi, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miracles or your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Now, to me, that's an interesting statement because I want to know who is the we here when he says this. Is it the, the 6,000 Pharisees that were present in Jesus' day? Is it the people that lived in those cities that Jesus ministered in? Does this we include the Sadducees and the scribes as well? Let's just say this. Let's just say that he is referring to the Pharisees. And there, there was a, estimated to be around 6,000 Pharisees at the t- time Jesus was walking around on the earth. And the Pharisees is the religious group that Nicodemus belonged to. I've already mentioned how they hated Jesus and they they tried to kill him many times. They they would pick up stones and try to stone him and he he would just like disappear in the crowd. They were constantly plotting how, how they can get rid of Jesus. And so with that in mind, listen to what Nicodemus says again. He says, We all how many is all? Every one of them. We all know. Now if he's talking about the Pharisees. He says, we all, all of us Pharisees, we know that God has sent you to teach us. You know anybody that just feels like they know everything? They just know it all and you can't tell them anything? Well, that would be the Pharisees. They they thought they knew, I mean, they were very smart, very educated people. And they knew the law, like I said earlier, like the back of their hand. And they they could quote the Old Testament. And they knew their scriptures well. They, they, they were very educated people and very smart. They had the attitude, you know, you can't tell us anything because we're Pharisees, right? The Pharisees are the ones who love to sit in the in Moses' seat in the synagogues, which was the high seat of honor. They taught with the authority of Moses. And they were educated. They loved it because when they did this, people just couldn't get enough of them. And they loved that attention. 
So it would be easy to see how the Pharisees, they, they didn't want some dude that was born in, a, in an animal trough, who, whose dad was a carpenter, whose, whose mom was thought to be an adulterer, trying to teach them anything about God. They didn't want to hear any of that. If they all knew, like Nicodemus says, that all of them knew that God has sent Jesus, then why would they not listen? Why? Why would they not become his follower? Why, why would they constantly reject Jesus and his teachings? There are numerous reasons, I'm sure, but we can boil it down to one thing. And it's the same reason why people choose to reject Jesus today. And it's the word pride. We love that person that we see in the mirror, but when we come to Jesus, who is light, you see our sin is exposed and we no longer like what we see or who we see. So we stay in the dark and continue to be that person that we want to be, not the person God would have us to be. And it just blows my mind that the Pharisees knew Jesus was from God, and yet they turned their backs to him and on him and rejected God right to his face. Don't make that same mistake. We all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you, says Nicodemus. And I bet those words had barely left his mouth when Jesus replies, i tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Now this blew Nicodemus's educated mind because all he could think about was how he, as an older man, can go back inside his mom and come out of that birth canal all over again as big as he is. And you know... Let's just be real here. There's just some people that are so smart, they're, they're ignorant. They, they can't comprehend simple stuff. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18-31. through 31. This is Paul writing to the church at Corinth. He says, Preaching about the cross sounds foolish to those who are dying in sin, but it is the power of God to those of us who are being saved from the punishment of sin. The holy writings say, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise people. I will put aside the learning of those who think they know a lot. Where is the man who is wise? Where is the man who thinks he knows a lot? Where is the man who thinks he has all the answers? God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish. In his wisdom, he did not allow man to come to know him through the wisdom of this world. It pleased God to save men from the punishment of their sins through the preaching of the good news. This preaching sounds foolish. The Jews are looking for something special to see. The Greek, are people, the Greek people are looking for the answer and wisdom. But we preach that Christ died on a cross to save them from their sins. These words are hard for the Jews to listen to. The Greek people think it's foolish. Christ is the power and wisdom of God to those who are chosen to be saved from the punishment of sin for both Jews and Greeks. God's plan looked foolish to men. But it is wiser than the best plans of men. God's plan, which may look weak, is stronger than the strongest plans of men. Christian brothers, think of think who you were when the Lord called you. Now many of you are wise or powerful or born in the family of leaders of a country. But God has chosen what the world calls foolish to shame the wise. He has chosen what the world calls weak to shame what is strong. God has chosen what is weak and foolish of the world, what is hated and not known, to destroy the things the world trusts in. In that way, no man can be proud as he stands before God. God himself 
made the way so that you can have a new life through Christ Jesus. God gave us Christ to be our wisdom. Christ made us right with God and set us apart for God and made us holy. Christ bought us with his blood and made us free from our sins. It is as the holy writings say, if anyone is going to be proud of anything, he should be proud of the Lord. Now I want to cut Nicodemus some slack here. Because being a learned, educated man and studying the scriptures for a long time, yes, he should know about the Messiah. And he, and he does know about the Messiah and he's looking for the Messiah. And that's why he's curious about Jesus. Because I'm sure he's heard people say that the Messiah is here. And so he wants to get to know Jesus for himself. But think about this. I mean, here's Jesus, God in the flesh. He's standing before your very eyes, and you're, you can reach out and shake his hand. Maybe Nicodemus. I mean, it would just be so cool. And, and, and this is a totally, totally new concept that Jesus is throwing on uh, Nicodemus. Talking about a man must be born again. So I, I can kind of see where Nicodemus would have a problem. And it's kind of like people today when, when they hear about Jesus and they hear about salvation and just like what Paul said in, 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 uh, first Corinthians, it, it, it does sound foolish. I mean, it's almost like God made it too easy. And like if God would have made it more difficult, maybe more people would do it, but he made it so easy that all we have to do is call on the name of the Lord. All we have to do is, is put on Christ and live for Christ. Be washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. That's all God requires of us. And to do good, to, to love God and to love our neighbor. And and yet, people wrestle with it because, and, and I can kind of understand because, hey, we can't see God. We, we, we trust things that we can see with our eyes, things that we can reach out and touch, things that are tangible. I, I know... That this right, that this right here is here because I'm holding it in my hand. You know, I'm I'm holding an ink pen in my hand, so I know I have this ink pen in my hand because I can reach out and I can see this ink pen with my eyes. I can touch this ink pen with my fingers, which I'm doing because I'm holding it, and I can control this ink pen. It moves wherever my hand goes, and we can't do that with God. We can't do that with Jesus. We can't do that with the Holy Spirit. And we're going to see what Jesus tells Nicodemus about the Spirit here in just a minute. It's like the wind. You can see the effects of the wind, but you can't really see the wind. You can feel the wind, but you can't see it. But you know it's there. And so I can I can kind of see where Nicodemus is coming from. And I can see where people struggle today because, like I said, they can't see God. And it's hard to trust in something that you can't see. Right? But that's where faith comes in. I'm sure that Jesus saw that puzzled look on the face of Nicodemus. And so he explains what he means in John chapter 3. He says, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. So basically, Jesus tells Nicodemus it's a spiritual rebirth and not a physical one. You don't go back inside your mama. 
and come out that birth canal. It's spiritual. And still, puzzled Nicodemus asked Jesus to explain what he means. And Jesus tells him that he knows the scriptures and that he should already know. And if he goes into a deep explanation, he still won't understand. Because he's, he says this is a concept from heaven. And if you don't understand earthly things, then how are you going to understand heavenly things? But Jesus tries his best to give some insight to Nicodemus. And it's where we get one of the most quoted passages from the Bible, John chapter 3, verse 16. And so I want to share with you from John chapter 3, verses 13 through 21, what Jesus tells Nicodemus, because this is the crux of the matter. Jesus says, No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, and John says that you know Jesus was the light. Right? So God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. You know what? The same thing that Jesus told Nicodemus 2,000 years ago has not changed a bit. God shines His light through Jesus Christ. And people run. People will not come to the light because their sins will be exposed. And like I said a while ago, we like the person we see in the mirror. We love us and us. I love me. And when we come to Jesus, this idea that we have of ourselves gets exposed and we see ourselves for who we really are. Sinners. Separated from God. And the life that we think we're living and we think we have it all together, we really don't. And we think we're in control, we're really not. And you let something come along real quick, you find out how little of control you have over your life. Talk to somebody who's had a stroke or somebody who's dealing with cancer or who has you know, just had this bad thing happen in their life, some freak accident. And they're paralyzed. Whatever. Fill in the blank with whatever. Go talk to one of those persons and see how uh, how control they are of their lives. When their life is literally on the line. And they're living day by day by day. We're not in control. It's not our lives. We're bought with a price. Jesus' blood. He paid the price on Calvary's cross. He paid the price when he laid in that tomb. He paid the price when he came out three days later. Then he ascended back to the Father and he sits at the Father's right hand and, and all authority and power has been given to him. He's paid the price. We just got to join him.
and our sins will be washed away. And we'll see this thing that we think is foolish, this gospel. We'll really see the wisdom of God. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta answer this question, and you only you can answer it. The light's shining. It's shining whether you believe it or not. It's shining, and there's nothing you can do about it. But you got a choice. You can either run to the light, or you can turn away from the light and walk away. You have that choice. God has given you that freedom. He has given you that free will. But if you choose to walk away from that light, it's going to be a very sad day for you someday. When you're separated from from God for eternity and never having that opportunity to give your life to Christ, why not run to the light? You know, uh, DC Talk, uh, one of the early Christian rap groups, when I was a teenager, they came out with a song that says, I want to be in the light as you are in the light. I want to shine like the stars in the heavens. I can't remember the rest of the words, but you can look it up. It's a pretty cool song. I think it's from the 90s, which dates myself. But what are you going to do, Nicodemus? You going to be born again? Give your life to Christ? Or are you going to walk away and go and join your Pharisees and continue to live that obscure life, hiding in the dark? We will pick up with John, the rest of John chapter 3 in the next podcast. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Grind It Podcast today. You can send any questions or comments to grinditpodcast at gmail.com. Please join us next time, and when a challenge comes your way, just my, grind it. Been grinding all my life, sacrifice, hustle, pay the price, want a slice, got to roll the dice, that's why, all my life, I've been grinding all my life, yeah. all my life.